1: hey everyone welcome back to the garden state of hockey podcast my name is dan rosell and i'm joined as always by john fisher hello john hello dan so uh it's been uh it's been an eventful week Mm -hmm. i would say in devils hockey and outside of it And and i guess we would lead with that because i know that that's a question on everyone's mind and i want to just get out in front of it so we can do all the uh the nastiness first and then talk some some fun stuff like some overtime wins um but first and foremost you are all obviously privy to the fact that uh there were some layoffs at vox media um hockey sites were affected not the least of which you know the the strong hockey network that we have and unfortunately this podcast did not make the uh the cut as it were however what i'll say is one, I did a lot of this for fun. So I'm having fun with it. I don't know about you, John. And two, um, that means that our last official episode as uh, hosted on this platform is February, late February, I believe, is our um, ending date here. However, what is the podcast going to look like after that? We don't know. We might keep it running. We have some stuff to think about. But, um, you know, there, there's parts of us that, have appreciated the support that you've got that you've given us certainly uh we've loved interacting with all of you about the podcast and then um you know just talking about the devils it's something we like to do anyway so we appreciate you listening in on us doing just that so again i don't know what the status will be after february but um we just appreciate the time we've had here it's finally we've had one fun season to talk about but even still um, uh, looking back at old games, things like that, that's been a lot of fun. So I, I appreciate this and we're not done on this episode, but, uh, just as we wind things down, I want to get this out in front.
0: Yes. And, and that's very well said, Dan. And I echo your, your feelings and, and, and your appreciation of the people, the listeners who matter the, of the people who matter, uh, wholeheartedly, um, just for full disclosure. Um, I received the message about the sites and its status at 10 40 AM on Friday, I wrote the post as I did because I kept getting questions that went up at one thirty, And then later that evening, I going through a filtered, my filter emails uh, I saw the news about the podcast. So that was something I didn't legitimately see until that evening. And um, it's something that's not just within hockey that's like impacting a lot of other sports as well on the network. So um, it remains to be seen what the future of the platform will be from a podcasting point of view. It remains to be seen what we'll actually do, um, you know, we got about a month to sort it out. And uh until then, we're gonna keep going on as we have been because as you said, Dan, this season has been really good. Mm-hmm. This, the past three games we're about to talk about. Well, they got the
1: results. So and, it's and, kind and, of like yeah. the inverse of December, right? It's it's basically where in December they continued their strong November play, but the results weren't coming for one reason or another. This is the inverse. Uh, the deserved to win meter has not been on the devil's side recently, but they've been on the winning side of it regardless, uh, winning overtime games against, uh, oh, or I guess a shootout game against San Jose. I mean, I still can't believe they managed to get two points out of that game. But then um, they managed to get a point against the Seattle Kraken, another pretty hot team in the league. And then they ended the weekend by uh, winning an Overtime game against the Penguins after initially thinking they had lost that game. So let's go back to San Jose. It's the fourth game of the road trip at this point, and the Devils Mm -hmm. have won the first three. But we looked at this road trip and pointed to the San Jose game and said, well, this is the one you really have to win because A, they're terrible. And B, they're not just terrible, they're terrible at home. They're really, really bad at home, and the Devils are really, really good on the road. So uh, everything was percolating for this to be a successful effort, and it was, but uh, it wasn't easy.
0: No, this game was strange uh, for a bunch of reasons. I mean, first and foremost was the start time, um, as it was a holiday for for many people. The game was a 1 p.m. local start time, or 4 p.m. here in New Jersey. And keep in mind the Devils just played a back-to-back set on Friday and Saturday. So you don't even get a full 48 hours between the Kings game and that San Jose game. Mm -hmm. And uh, second, uh, despite Ryan Graves scoring early San Jose not only controlled a lot of the game. And then we got a very unusual stoppage due to a broken door. Yeah. Where initially it was thought that they were just going to pause the period and just extend the time or something like that. Um, Whatever it was, wh- whatever was discussed in that break. And it was a significantly long break, too. It wasn't like just a couple minutes on the ice. San Jose comes back and literally scores two goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now you're now losing to the Sharks, who are feeling pretty good. Disastrous with restart
1: for the Devils. Disastrous.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's the result of Mr. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to call him a dreamboat because he's in the dreams of many other people who matter. Timo Meyer. Mm -hmm. tying it up and then on a power play with four seconds left in the period, the man of the night, I would say for both good and bad reasons, Eric Carlson. Uh, He, he had an assist on the Meyer goal. Well, he scored the power play goal to make it two one. And in the second period, you know, you're just watching the devils just kind of struggle a little bit. They, they got their, got their game going, but then they started, they started finding out that uh, the goaltender in question not Kapu Kakanen, the guy who did very well in Newark way back in October, but the other guy, Mr. Reimer, mm-hmm. Mr. James Reimer, he was feeling it. Stopped all 16 shots from the devils in the second period. And you're sitting there going, Oh no, what could happen? And then Nico, Heesher happens mm-hmm. early in the third period. It's tied up. Okay. Maybe this will be sorted out, right? Nope. Nope. A Nick Benino turnaround shot goes in. Vanacek is playing really, really well, by the way. Yep. Uh, but, uh, but the response wasn't there. and The Devils are trying. They're not getting it. And it takes until literally the last 10 seconds of the game for Jack Hughes, the big deal, to fire a shot on it. Tips off what I thought was on just It turned out to be Carlson. Hit off Carlson for the equalizer with 10 seconds left to San Jose. San Jose, Dan. It's not a position you should be in. No, it's not. <laughs> It's, it's like this San Jose team literally is playing for nothing. They have nothing to play for.
1: Um, Well, they're pumping Carlson's trade value then. And and you know what? To their benefit, he has given them a great, great, great asset. Now Uh, he looks looks like vintage Eric Carlson. He looks like the guy who is just completely taking over games. He is the, the Norris trophy winner. Uh, whatever adjective you want to attach to this man at this point, he's having that kind of season again. So he's given them a great asset to use at the deadline, um, that they didn't anticipate having. So whatever they can do to pump his value, that's going to be the biggest benefit for them for sure. Absolutely. I mean, and Timo Meyer.
0: True. But Carlson is absolutely ridiculous. Like he has 62 points already, Dan crazy. And he's on pace of setting a career high in points and mind you this is a guy who put up 82 points in 82 games back in 2016 mm-hmm. like this is a guy that you know he he hit the rejuvenation uh fountain and also shooting at 11 helps too his ankle's um,
1: no longer made of leather or something like that
0: yeah exactly there's a lot of good things for mr carlson and i wish him well as long as he stays out of the east uh yes after march 3rd but uh nevertheless overtime happens and it's back and forth it needs a shootout dan It needs a shootout. It
1: needs a shootout. And luckily for us, uh, Vanacek was up to the task. Very much up to the task. And And Thomas Tatar was up to the task. Very up to the task. He scored. The Devils Um, win.
0: Yeah. The Devils win their second shootout of the season. And that's actually one of the few things you could criticize about the Devils season as a whole is because back in December, when they were slumping, they were in these close games where they just needed the one goal to at least get a point out of these games. Well, this the three games we're talking about. They got at least a point out of them. That being said, um, you know, needing oh, you needed a 10 second, you know, last 10 seconds equalizer, and you need to shoot out to beat San Jose. You just want to almost take that game, say, Great, it was ugly. You got the W, whatever. On to Seattle. I would argue Seattle was the worst of the three games the Devils played this. In, oh, yeah, this uh
1: episode. It because was. They- Yeah, it was it was bad and it was clear that they were on the tail end of a road trip. I think that's the best way to describe uh, how they were playing that game. The thing here is that the Devils.
0: So here's the thing, Dan, the Devils have been known for getting quick exits, trying to catch teams uh, with speed in the neutral zone, try to generate odd man rushes, breakaways, all that kind of all that good stuff. Somehow, Seattle. Dave Hackstall and his crew figured out, oh, this is what the Devils do. Well, let's do it to them because that's pretty much how the game went.
1: Mm-hmm. The
0: Seattle Kraken played like the Devils play and the Devils had problems, a whole lot of problems with this. Mackenzie Blackwood got the start for this game, and thankfully it was good Mackenzie Blackwood. Yeah. With, with a big fat asterisk on that. Uh, the first, you know, Seattle had something like, yeah, they had 15 shots in the first period alone, which is a ton. Um, A lot of them were really good shots, too. Unfortunately, it was the short side high shot from a sharp angle by Ryan Donato that beat Blackwood. Donato then beat uh, Blackwood again in the second period. And Seattle's Mm. just swarming the Devils. Like, you're watching Blackwood make all these 10-bell saves, so to speak. And you're like, hey, Devils, where are we going to get a response? Will they get on the board? Because Martin Jones is not that good of a goaltender, Dan. He's not. And, and but he proved- he's,
1: he's definitely had a better season than last yes, year.
0: Absolutely. But thank, but you know, Hey, any goalie's going to look great. If you don't take shots at him, much less dangerous shots. And because of Seattle constantly attacking Blackwood, the devils were basically limited at that. Uh Thankfully, Jesper Bratt dropped a pass to Damon Severson. He fires it through some traffic and gets the devils on the board in a two, one game. And thanks to Blackwood, it's a two, one game. And then we get weirdness, Dan. Let's get mm-hmm. weird.
1: You want to get weird with me, Dan? Yeah. How about an Eric Holla goal? Not just an Eric Holla goal, Dan. A backhanded, shorthanded goal. A backhanded,
0: breakaway, shorthanded goal. You love to see it. to, To tie up the game. It was one of those things where he gets the breakaway and I'm thinking to myself, please, please, I need you to finish this. And he does. And it's like, Eric Holla, just take him away from Jack Hughes and he can score goals. Not very many goals. But some goals, all four of them have been away from Mr. Hughes. Yep. So weird. big shorty. You tied up the game 2-2. Of course, the Devils' sloppiness costs them
1: Mm -hmm.
0: as less than two minutes later, Mr. Donato sets up Brandon Tana for an easy goal on Blackwood's blind side. It's now 3-2. And once again, Seattle is just pushing, 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 pushing. So the Devils really don't look anything like themselves until they pull Blackwood late in the game looking for an equalizer and i tell you what dan outside of the islanders game in december yeah this was probably the best the devils have looked in an extra man situation like oh yeah
1: and like, unlike that situation they tied it up yeah i mean to be fair the devils were down three goals when well, they yeah. did that to the islanders oh i still. remember i remember yeah. i was there
0: <laughs> yeah but uh very similar to what happened in san jose once again jack hughes the big deal takes a shot from the right circle this time jones stops it but he doesn't stop he on the rebound slams it in devils hold on for dear life in the final minute because seattle made one last push and we go to overtime and i'm thinking to myself great the devils could steal another point and then blackwood happened yeah well let me rephrase that the devils had a good opportunity they had an opportunity to take the puck back failed at it vince dunn who by the way had a really good game in this one vince dunn was fantastic in in the seattle game um collects the puck, finds Andre Burakovsky, and then Blackwood decides, hey, what if I keep my five hole open? And Andre said, hey, what if I put the puck through the five hole? Yeah. Of all the goals to allow, that was the game winner, Dan.
1: Yeah, and you know, this was a game that, again, we looked at and said, this might be one that they lose. We looked at that in LA as yeah. the potential uh, losses here. And to get a point, and oh, yeah. subsequently make that mean nine out of 10 um, on the road trip that that was just great news. But yeah, it's still troubling how they've been playing these periods. But unlike in past years, when they've had bad periods it didn't completely remove them from the game. I think that's yeah. the key difference between this year's team and the others. And while overall, their results may not be nearly as good as they had been in November. They're not out of games and they have the resilience that they just did not have in years past. So that's what they used to, again, get a point here, but also earn two points against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, and that was a close game. It was not dynamic scoring that the Devils no. were used to. It was not much going on at all, actually. The first goal was scored by Jack Hughes, um, again, very quickly into the game, drives up the side on a rush and just kind of flicks one past Jari's glove, and there you go. It's one nothing Devils. A uh, bunch of minutes later, they go on a uh, penalty kill where uh, Sidney Crosby's involved, and Sidney Crosby being on the ice means that he's likely to score, and so he did from well, far away. Well, uh, it's um, a little
0: more complicated than that. Uh, Siegenthaler was assessed high a high-sticking call, yeah. which uh, was a bit controversial. I thought it was for the big hit he threw into the board and his stick came up, but apparently was over a dump-in, which, yeah, I know the the rule, allows, the rule allows you to— that the follow through of a shot, but you could argue what shot are you taking from the neutral zone? So mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those gray area calls that went against the devils and it's okay. Cause Rickard Raquel decided I'm going to grab and hug Brendan Smith because I lost the puck battle to him. So it was a four on four situation for Crosby to score from a distance that I felt that van
1: should have stopped. Yeah. But that was it for goals. That was it, and then we went into overtime, and and really, I mean, you can't say much more about the game. There, there were some well, exciting moments for both teams. Uh, Vanacek had to make a save that was, it's going to go down as like a, uh, you know, tenure-defining save as a devil for Vanacek, because it hit diving off of his glove into the crossbar very late in the game. I mean, that was a spectacular one from Vanacek. Um yeah. The Devils manifested some offense as well, but again, until overtime started, I I don't think there was much more to say about this. There, there was, well, was pretty like standard fare. No, no,
0: I, I would disagree. Okay. um the Devils didn't play a very good game. Period. Yeah. Uh, but I will say the Penguins played a very sound, disciplined game. But the big difference was that whereas San Jose and Seattle stopped the Devils or kept the Devils from going off, so to speak, the Penguins did it. By being basically in a shell like they were fantastic in the neutral zone so you didn't get those two on ones or three on twos or you know devils going two on two but they're they had they're coming in with pace like you had very little moments of that from the devils and likewise on in the defensive zone the devils the devils did a really bad job of being being good off the puck. Like offense is not just whoever has the puck makes a play. You have to move around to give that guy an option. So this way they can make a play. And as a result of that, a lot of the times the puck carry on the devils, whether it was Jack Hughes, whether it was Jesper provoke whether it was miles wood, who well, a little bit more on him later. Yeah. Can I just um, say
1: the BMW line, those of you that were eagerly waiting for that reunion. Um, it hasn't been good. No
0: Bastion came back for the Seattle game. Um, And Nolan Foote only played like three minutes of the San Jose game. So clearly he was the guy to go down for him. Um, Yeah, that line has been bad. And mostly it's because of Miles Wood. He has been terrible. Like, it's one thing to not score goals. He's on a super ice cold streak. He hasn't scored since December. And before that, he only had one goal, you know, since like, the listen, Edmonton game and Eric Hall didn't Edmonton score goals game. either, but
1: he was providing value
0: elsewhere. Exactly. That's the difference. A guy like Hala or Thomas Tatar or even Jaeger Sharangovich to a degree, if they're not scoring goals, they can do some things. They can help you out. They can play defense. They can make passes. They can push the play forward. They could draw some penalties instead of taking them. But Miles would, to be fair, statistically, the BMW line did get a lot of minutes against Crosby's line and actually came out decently like mm-hmm. Crosby did not go off on them however the problem with that is is the problem with the Devils as a whole in this game is that they didn't generate a whole lot of offense so this is a weird game where Pittsburgh was very good at stopping the Devils from going off and attacking on offense how they would like but the Penguins didn't really punish the Devils nearly as much as they could have it's a credit to the Devils in their own zone to a degree even though the second period was pretty much awful uh but at the same time, like you gotta make yourself an option, you gotta play smart. And Wood doesn't play smart hockey. No. Period. He tried to walk Sidney Crosby. Dan, there's a lot of penalties, he takes a lot of penalties. He does now. In this game, did not have a lot of penalties. That's, that yeah. was actually what the other criticism of this game where the devils uh, didn't have a power play for more than 20 seconds. Yeah, in regulation, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, they probably should have when Eric Holly got tackled in the neutral zone by Brian Dumoulin. Uh, I know that because shortly thereafter, Damon Severson decided, I'm going to hit Brock McGinn in the face with my stick. Not thanks, good. Damon. Thank, thanks. But the Devils killed the penalty, so whatever. But then
1: comes overtime, and oh boy, Dad, It's exciting. It's exciting. The game opens yeah. up, and on a rush, Pittsburgh Severson. gets an exciting 2-0. Two- oh, well, let's do Severson first. Yeah, fine. Severson yeah. gets an opportunity to uh, put the game home as he did against our hated rivals unfortunately he didn't no jari made a good save but on the way back uh the penguins get a two-on-one rush and they finish the chance and celebration starts but wait that two-on-one rush started because uh they had four players on the ice yeah Mm -hmm. the ref was the third emphatic emphatic immediately signaling over to the bench area something was amiss because uh if you look at the replay the fourth penguin comes onto the rush before the third one that was changing um, is even halfway to the bench. So, completely illegal line change to manufacture an opportunity. Yeah, you're going to get an opportunity against you when there's someone that's not supposed to be there in the first place. And in a classic ball don't lie moment, the Devils get a power play in overtime, their first extended chance on the power play in the game. Couple of uh, movements in the offensive zone. We go what was it he sure to hughes to hamilton yes goal yep and it looked like kind of a flub shot that floated over jari's glove i don't know that it was a laser as they said it kind of looked like he got it with the heel of his stick almost and jari it was a, a one-timer so, so you know he definitely wasn't expecting it to go where it did and well, uh, the devils it, win the devils the devils take the point so
0: Unlike the Seattle and the San Jose game, Dan, the, I would say the devils, the devils were defend defended better, even though there were the second period was a whole lot of penguins and a whole lot of Vanacek bail us out, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the devils, you know, didn't give Pittsburgh a lot of wide open opportunities. And as you said, the only major two on one they had in overtime was because they cheated. And, mm-hmm. and and funnily enough, Peterson, Marcus Peterson was the guy in question. He argued the call, Dan. Yeah. I don't know how you argue. Hey. Hey, how dare you make that call against us? Because there's four of you on the ice. I mean, yeah. Mike Sullivan, the head coach of, Penn, of the Pittsburgh, after the game, just said there were too many men on the ice. It was the right call. Like, like I don't know what else you could say. Like, yeah. yeah, like The the, pe- the unlike the first Devils Penguins game where you know there was a penalty every minute or so, you know the pe- the referees were very very eager to just call very little. But you can't miss that one. And more importantly, the Devils made the most of their one opportunity. And and in a way, that's how teams get it done. Like even teams like Boston are going to have some not so great runs, but they pull out W's because they punish the opposition for their errors, as few as they may be. And they drag games out as best as they can. And another thing I just want to add is that uh, because the Devils only scored two goals against Pittsburgh, uh, that's the first time since December Mm -hmm. specifically December 28th against Boston where the devils did not score three or more goals in a game. So the concerns about finishing the concerns about uh, scoring enough goals, that really hasn't been a problem this month and definitely not on this road trip, which has been otherwise successful. I will say there's a larger concern about the processes, but you know, the devils and the devils are going to play three more games this week and then they'll have a week off and maybe maybe the week off will get their minds right. But um,
1: and John Marino will be back after that, too. So that's, that's nice. Right.
0: Exactly. Like the Devils are weirdly going to be a okay. full strength. They're <laughs> going to be a full strength. And honestly, you know, as much as some will say, oh, well, the Devils won the game. So that must mean they're good. It's like, yeah, but this type of performance, we you know, will we'll not get you W's in the playoffs. It will not get you W's on other nights, like the devils could have easily lost all three of these games. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because Vanacek and Blackwood played very well. The devils got goals where they needed to get goals. They needed 2 six on five goals to get the games into overtime, which they did. They got the overtime power play um, in, in their favor, which is another uncommon circumstance. Good on the devils for making the most of what they were given. I just mm-hmm. think the devils could do a better job. Um, especially in terms of starting games. And the next three games are not going to make it any easier, Dan, because they're playing a very good Las Vegas team tomorrow at the rock. Yep. Then they're going on the road for a back-to-back, which is never easy, even if the Devils are road warriors. They go to Nashville Mm -hmm. on Thursday and Nashville has something to play for. Um, They are behind the eight ball, so to speak, in the wild card in the West. Uh, However, they have games in hand, many games in hand over Edmonton and Los Angeles, and they could jump. They got a game in hand on Calgary as well. So Nashville may look at this devil's game and say, this is an opportunity for us to help ourselves out. Yeah, And then after that, the devils are going to go to Dallas, a high scoring Dallas team. That is pretty good at home. They're fighting Winnipeg for first in the central division. Dallas is a really, really good team. And that's definitely not going to be a- an easy game at all. And the Devils get to do it on the back of playing on the night before in Nashville. So it's a tough run of three games and four nights just before getting a full week off.
1: Yeah, and they'll really need the week, but it's nice to know that they're in a uh, pretty comfortable position in terms of driving themselves to the playoffs. So I I think what could help them drive there, and and as it gets closer to the actual deadline and we, I guess approach our expiration date don't oh, know um uh, but as we get closer to the deadline we'll talk more potential moves the Devils can make but i just want to bring up one because it's been particularly mm-hmm. prominent on almost every media site here um john what's it going to take for the Devils to get team meyer a lot more than i think people may be comfortable giving up so what, actually what would an example look like what's a sample package oh goodness well first and foremost here's the,
0: here, part one of the problem is the fact that um And fun fact, cap friendly is going to be everybody's favorite site for the next month. Here's the part one of the problem is that San Jose is capped out like they have. Like no cap space right now, and Mm -hmm. they have no and they have no open contracts. They're literally at 50 contracts and 23 active players right now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't know if it's a case of you got to wait until they figure out what they're going to do with Carlson who has a no movement clause, Carlson could just say, I don't want to move. I like San Jose. I like living in the Bay. You know, I'm getting 11.5 million. I'm in my thirties. I got my Norris. I'm having a great season. Why Mm -hmm. do I want to leave this? But you know, we'll see. Um, Goodness Meyer part of the problem. The other, the other complication is that San Jose is opposed supposedly given permission for teams to talk to Meyer about a potential extension. Mm -hmm. So what that means is that, if the Devils are going to be in on him, it's not going to be enough to just say, here's a package, uh, Mike Greer, that you may be interested in. It's also, Meyer, would you like to sign a contract with us? Because that's probably what he's going to be looking for. Um, And that's where things get really tough, uh, monetarily wise. So this is a long way of me saying is that the Devils may have to give up their first round pick in what could be a really good 2023 draft class. Personally, I would make it the 2024 first rounder if it were me, but... If it takes the 2023 first, you do it. Damon Severson is a guy that I don't think the Devils should be trading. At least not now. I think with the run that you're on and with the recent uh, depart injuries to Graves and Marino showed is that Severson ultimately becomes the guy who takes on their minutes. Mm-hmm. And he is a guy who's supposedly well-liked in the locker room too. So in a sense, trading him now, unless it's for a Timo Mayer, is not something I would do, but I would say Severson, you know, let's see Let's see if they would be interested in taking Severson and his smaller cap value back so yep. San Jose gets some savings out of this and as much as I don't think they should do this either, I think you have to offer Alexander Holtz I think you honestly have to give him a legitimate young guy, ELC prospect that they could bury uh, in the system. The Devils may have to take a bad you know, just like a minor leaguer back just to make the contract space work because mm-hmm. um, the Devils do have only 44 contracts on the, on the books, whereas San Jose has 50. So the devils may have to do that just to make some other things work. Uh, And then who knows, maybe you need to throw another pick in there like the 2024 second rounder or something of that value. You're, you're talking about at least three or four assets here, Dan. And we're not talking like, Oh, we're going to move Jesper Boakvis and Michael McLeod for this guy. Like, no, you're going to need to offer some legitimate players and don't be super shocked if San Jose comes back and says, what about Jesper
1: Bratt? yeah good luck Well, it's hard to say what the Devils should do anyway in this position because they right. have a lot of their young players about to really crest their peaks is this the year they want to make um you know moves that indicate that they're more all in luckily for the devils they have a very strong pool of prospects and picks still that they're able to dip into i think they're definitely the team that's in the best position in terms of current and future nhl roster uh when you combine both together so they're in a nice spot where they don't have to force anything they have plenty coming down the pipeline too if severson does eventually walk um if graves does walk they have hughes they have nemitz they have these guys that are going to come up and take these spots eventually so they can wheel and deal a little bit more but i wonder if this is the year they want to go actually all in um, you look at a team like Boston, how are you going to beat them? Is one player going to make the difference between this devil's roster and beating Boston four out of seven games? I don't know. And if that's the case, then do you want to deal with the unsavoriness of losing one of those guys, either Brad or Meyer this summer?
0: Well, first things first, um, if we're thinking about playoffs right now, the big concern is get out of that first round, Yes, you know, and that first round right now is against our hated rivals. I mm-hmm. like our, I like the devil's chances but Mr. Shusterkin could just be a jerk and stop everything and make everything go make everybody sad. Alternatively if Washington uh, Washington could jump the Rangers although Washington has like, you know, three more games than everyone else. Pittsburgh is mathematically in a position to possibly get in the mix for that third spot. I'm working on the assumption that the Devils are going to finish second in the Metropolitan, even though they're only just two points behind Carolina. Uh And even if you do get to first place, that wild card game could still be against our hated rivals or Washington or Pittsburgh or, or heaven forfend Florida, (laughs) Uh, man. If you thought they were nasty to Nico Heischer before, Oh um, God. Yeah, that, that could not be fun. Um, nevertheless, the point I'm trying to make here is that whoever you're going to draw in the first round is going to be tough. So worrying about Boston, I wouldn't worry about them at this point. But I do agree with your larger larger point. Is it worth going all in to get a player or two for a playoff run that may or may not even happen? I'm of the opinion that I think you do. And I'm, I'm saying this from the perspective of, two, you know, I remember 2018 very well, Dan. And I was happy after 2018. I thought Ray sharrow is on the right track, Dan. Mm-hmm. Made the playoffs. You know, Taylor Hall got a heart trophy. You know, the team has some guys on the come up. Nico Keesher's looking real good. Jesper bratz looking real good. This team, just run it back. They'll be mm-hmm. fine. Run it back. And then it was not fine. It was so not fine, Dan. The team cratered. Hall was traded away. Hines was fired. Shero was let go. And then we endured four more years of the, in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. So I'm of the opinion of if you got an opportunity, go for it. Cause there's no guarantee that next season is going to go nearly this. Well, you're not necessarily, it's not likely you're going to get a 13 game heater, you know, in the second month of the season, it's not likely that you're the devils are going to be 18, two and two on the road. Um, as of this recording, it's not likely that the devils are going to match their point total from uh, last last year's awfulness in 46 games, which they just did with the Pittsburgh win. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm of the opinion of you got something good going on, make it happen. Cause if, if there's one other thing that I've noticed with the NHL and GMs of, of, of the recent seasons is that if you're creative and you're willing, you can, you can make things work. You can make it happen. Getting Meyer is hard, but it's not impossible mm-hmm. getting if you, you know, my personal favorite, if you can't get Meyer is call up Philadelphia and see if they want to part with Travis Konechny, <laughs> but that's never, almost never going to happen. <laughs> but Hey, but if you don't get him, don't settle for Bo Horvat on a heater, go call up, go, go call up, you know, San Jose or not San Jose, go call up Chicago and say, how about Patrick Kane for a couple month weeks? Oh boy. Yeah. Like. You know what? You know you want it. You want a scoring winger, which is what the Dells need, and you want somebody that Lindy Ruff is willing to play in the bottom six. You can, you know, go deep diving for the bottom six guys with those lesser teams like Chicago and Anaheim, and swing big for the other things. And if it costs you a Severson, it costs you um, a Holtz. If it costs you a Bolkvist, if it costs you something else, sit there and ask yourself: Am I going to be a better team with this new player? Or are these guys going to be so much better in the future that it, it's not worth it? And I would say in some of those cases the answer is going to be no. So,
1: so we'll see. as things it. get closer. Yeah, I mean, like, why not? That's the other side of this. Is how often do you get these kinds of opportunities? We know how fleeting playoff appearances can even be. You never know how many things can go wrong in a given season. So when you do have the chance, why not try to make the most out of it? So that's the uh, that's the fine game that Tom Pitcher will have to play, and it's an unenviable position to be in. But um You know, we have to say we appreciate what he's done so far, so we'll see how he navigates this deadline. Anything else for this episode, John?
0: Well, we're a little over a month away from the NHL trade deadline, which is on March 3rd this year. Uh, The Mm -hmm. Devils are unfortunately playing that night. They're going to be in Las Vegas, so stay up for that one. Um, Let's see. The other thing of note is that the Devils will have... One representative at the All-Star Game next yep. week, uh the following weekend, I should say. Uh, it's only Jack Hughes. Uh, Nico Heischer did not get the votes, nor did a lot of other teams. Carolina is still... Nor did people
1: that. outside of major media markets. Sorry, that's
0: what happened. Yeah, whatever. Um, I really hope the Devils get their home games right, because they're going to have six of them in, fe- in February. They're going to play 10 games. And six of them are at home, and some of them are against some legitimately good teams, like you get Seattle again on the ninth, you get Winnipeg for the first time this season on the 19th, you get LA on the 23rd, and then you got that bogey team named Philadelphia uh, on the 25th. So it's imperative that the Devils get their home games right, um, because at the rate things are going, they're going to start starting the playoffs at home. So you don't want to. You want to make sure the rock is solid. You don't want to soften it. So that's my ma- last major point that I really wanted to highlight for this episode of the Garden State of Hockey.
1: All right, that brings us to a close, and we're rolling into our oh, sadly our last few episodes here for now. But we don't know if it's going to be a uh, permanent departure, just a maybe a hiatus to start. But for now, thank you all for listening. We promise we won't bring it up on any of the episodes until the very very end from now on. And uh, have a good rest of your day. Let's keep enjoying the Devils uh, ride of success. We'll talk to you next time, and let's go, Devils.
0: Go Devils.